Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Pure Hoops podcast. We are back another week. It is summer. It is August. And just when you think all would be quiet on the home front, we've got many things happening. The FIBA games are coming out. The World Championships, and as we've seen, a lot of star players opted out. Uh, a lot of guys either don't want to put the the miles on their tires, or they've done it before, or they've got a nagging injury they're trying to deal with. Um, so rather than focus who's not there, um, there's a lot of young, new faces at Team USA camp. Before we get into a couple of those specifics, um, from what you know about this experience, and you'll have to refresh me as to whether or not you were ever a part of one of these camps back in the day, but you know, what are some of the benefits here uh, when you get all this talent in the gym in the summer and you know how they can bond, how their games can evolve, the team building? You know, h- how do you see this uh, from that perspective, aside from, of course, you know, representing the red, white, and blue? You know, Eric, that's a great question. And, um, and I think with today's youth, and when I say youth, meaning, you know, these players are coming out so early, right? I mean, we can't forget that they are just one year removed from high school when they're beginning to declare for the draft, right? And mm-hmm. many of these players have yet to experience the game, uh, let alone experience the professional game and win at this level. Back when you know I, I came out, I I, I I specifically remember I was I was excited to go because that was a way for me to you know kind of gauge where I was at as a as a kid, 22, 23 years of age, right? I kind of had an opportunity to play in the World Games. Actually, I played for Coach K in I think it was the World University Games or something like that or what have you, and uh, myself, Mitch Richmond, Sean Elliott. You know, Billy King, Danny Ferry. I remember I, I was excited to see, like, or, you know, I. Oh, that's I, a crew I, right there. Yeah, that's we a had, crew you know, right there. Play for, you know, he, he wasn't cl- quite Coach K then. This was like in the early 80s, I believe. And uh, so I remember. Well, how, how, I, I, how old were you? I was 21, 20, 21, somewhere around there. I think so I was right a junior. Around 87, 87, 88. Yeah, somewhere around. Yeah, 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 somewhere around there in the 80s. And it was a great way for me to see the top guys i mean i I, you know you you saw them up from time to time on television you know uh but for it was a you know i got it was the first time i saw mitch richmond and we roomed together i just ran into mitch recently and we were talking about that experience and i remember i was like oh this guy at k-state like i i never i had never seen him never heard of him 
other than, you know, I just saw his name from time to time. But I, I was like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. <laughs> he was, yeah. he was he yeah, the he, best player he, on the team. He was a pretty good player. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, so it, it was a way for me to kind of gauge. It was great opportunity to see where I was at. It was for me. So it was like more of learning about myself going. The kids today, you know, I, I think it's a different, you know, they're looking at it. Well, I don't want to take away from my, you know, game as far as getting ready for the season. You know, I, I don't know what's right or wrong here. I, I mean, I've, I've seen it both ways. I, I, I saw the impact that the Dream Team had. You know, uh, I had a couple of teammates, Jordan and Pippen, who played. And I remember, I remember the business. I'm talking about the business. I remember sitting down with Michael and talking about the business of, you know, potentially playing in the Olympics. Not only once, but twice, because he did it, I think, in 84. And I remember him understanding the business of basketball. That is the part that, to me, it is left out is every, most companies are trying to find ways how to expand and go globally, right? You hear these players all talk about things such as they want to grow their brand and they want to market themselves and they want to do all those things, right? Then you have an opportunity to do it on a global level and you go, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Hmm. Think about that, Eric. Yeah. You and I would love to have a global platform right now for the podcast. A global yep. audience. Work, that's 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 what we're working towards. That's what we're working for. All these kids have this enormous opportunity via social media and all these other platforms to do that and connect on a global level. Yep. And then at that opportunity, they go, no. This is what makes, in my opinion, Michael Jordan you know, one of the greatest, right? I'm not, I don't know who the greatest is in my view, because I saw him. Yes, he was the greatest, but I get it. In every generation, you know, they have their greatest players, right? His understanding of the business is, is bar none. The business of, yeah, of, of no, and, and the his fact business, that yeah, his business mind of how he thought about the reason he was doing something. That to me is the lesson. Okay, yeah. Was he a great basketball player? Yes. Did he score a lot of points? Yes. Championships? Yes. But his business of understanding how he understood the value of playing in the Olympics, not just going to play, but he understood what that could do, potentially do for his brand and what he was building. He understood the business of how that was going to impact his other business his relationship and his partnership with Nike. He understood how that was going to continue to grow. And then the other ventures that he was, whether it was with Haynes or, you know, Chevrolet or Gatorade. So his understanding of the business of this one element, time is money and how he utilized his time and how he managed his time to me is an example that transcends basketball because how do you manage your time? Eric, and he did it in a way that was just like, wow, like he made every second count. He didn't waste, he didn't waste opportunities. He didn't waste, you know, his movements. 
You know, he, he, played, he, set, he set the ultimate bar for basketball and business. And what I wanted to say in the Dream Team doc, he talks about uh, it's one of those uh, early mornings where he's out walking in uh, Barcelona. And, uh, you know, he's got that classic Jordan uh, outfit on with the long shorts. And it almost looks like from a distance it's a one piece, you know, that kind of crazy reddish purple right. long shorts. And he's out walking and he sees the monster billboard of himself. And it's almost like, wow, this this really is as globally big or bigger than I ever dreamed of. Yeah. And it was kind of one of those decisive moments. And what I wanted to say about this year's experience, you know, they're going to Australia first to play uh, a quote unquote, uh, a friendly game or two with the Australian national team, which of course is made up of a lot of NBA players now, but then the games are in China. And that is just ultimate exposure on the other side of the world where basketball has been booming now for, you know, pushing two decades and their thirst for it and the basketball culture. And as you say, the, the brand of the player, the, the brands associated with the team and the sport, um, they're all going to be amplified and, and on this, this, this global stage. So um, it, it is very interesting who passes and who's there, but, you know, I wanted to talk about, you know, some of these, these young guys that are taking advantage of this opportunity, uh, Donovan Mitchell being one of them, and Harrison Barnes, another who's kind of been forgotten about a little bit, but he got a great contract this summer after, you know, betting on himself not to pick up his option uh, last year. And then you have four Boston Celtics who seem to be really enjoying the experience in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Kemba Walker. And they're using it as a way to work past the disappointment of last year. And of course, bond with Kemba. So there's some really, there's some really good stuff going on here as well for the guys that are there. Well, yeah, a lot of the players who play, you know, believe it or not, you start, you know, naming the guys, you know, winning is a, it's kind of a, a funny thing, right? You know, many of the players who come in this league because of their age, you know, they've never really won, right? You you know, you know, you may have, you know, won in at your AAU tournament, but did you really win in college? Have you won, experienced that in the NBA? And it's it, it can have a winning and being in an environment where you have to look at the whole. Mm-hmm. Can have a significant impact uh, on your career because once you get a little taste of winning, it kind of changes everything. And I mean, once you win, especially in the NBA, you never want to go back. Right. You never want. You never want to go back. Like because you understand the difficulty, you understand the concept, and you get it. And once you get it, it becomes like. Like you can build bad habits, Eric, you can build good habits. And once I played, my greatest lessons weren't playing in Chicago, but was in playing when I got traded to Golden State and then I played in Charlotte and I played at other organizations. Then I began to realize what this league was really all about. Losing teaches you what this league is really all about, right? Mm-hmm. That's what that, that's because I, I had one, I, I, I had a, 
I never went into a game not thinking that I could win the game until I went to other organizations. I can't I can't imagine what that transition it was, it was, was like yeah, between it, your it ears. Was, I can't it imagine. Was, it was it was it was like, oh wow. And you it, it was like a like one of those oh wow moments, right? Like and I realized the importance of winning. Then I caught on to how difficult it is to win in this league. And those seasons where I was playing in different organizations and uh, when I was going around, those were my learning. That's when I learned what the NBA was really all about. It wasn't winning championships. You know, that's what people remember. But I I didn't take it for granted, but I, I, I knew it was hard. But I also remember what that felt like. And once you know that, nothing else compares. Like, a five-game winning streak or just making it to the playoffs wasn't doing it for me at right. that stage of my career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, uh, so, I, you know, I think this could be a great experience. You know, you're around, get a, you get a chance to be around, you know, Greg, you know, Greg Popovich. And I remember my first time playing at the World University Games, and I remember I was and Coach K, he still reminds me when I see when I see him. He always reminds me. It was a it was an interesting time, and uh, we had a practice. I think we were over at the time. It was Yugoslavia, and that's where the tournament was being held. And and you know you you're playing, and you're you're young, and I'm playing, and I, I had a I just I didn't have a good day, right? You know, I, I wanted to have a good day, but I didn't have a good day, and I kind of just I kind of like just sat kind of by myself off to the corner and and coach k kind of gave me my space and then about 10 mm -hmm. minutes later he came over I, I was like icing or something he came over he goes you know and he and he, he, he always reminds me of this and we always laugh about it now he, he goes yeah you didn't have a good day today i was like yeah you know you say but you know what but every day you can have a great day as a leader he goes now mm -hmm. i want you to look where you're sitting and look where your other teammates are sitting and I kind of looked over and the rest of the team was over there. And I was kind of just gathering my thoughts, you know, just trying to figure out how to get better. He was like, you're the point guard. You got to learn how to lead, whether you have a good day, or a bad day. And use this as an experience to be a great leader every day. Now, no one had ever told me that before. He was basically just telling me to get out of, get out of myself, whether it's good or bad. But as the leader and playing a lead position on a team, with new teammates and new, I didn't have time to feel sorry for myself. Yeah, stop sulking and and do the other things required, and which and that to was, do with 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 assists and scoring the ball and playing defense. Absolutely. And I and I learned that from him in that situation. And then I thought, okay, no wonder. And I then I learned about leadership. And then I was in fashion. I was fascinated with my body language and what am I projecting, even though mm. whether I'm so. You get a chance to learn and be around people at that level and Coach K and Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr and all those people. And more importantly, you get a chance to do it in an environment where you have to play your role. Right. You have to play. You have to play your role. And when you're on a great team, you play your role. And and for many years, you know, I always laugh at myself. People say, oh, wow, BJ, you're a great shooter. I was like, well, if you already shot three times a game, <laughs> four times a game, because the other guy was shooting 30 times a game. Yep. My yep. job was the only – that was my job, is to make sure to keep the defense honest. That was my job, right? Um, so you learn that. You get a taste of it. And I think for Donovan Mitchell, 
you know, a lot of times you can use that as a catapult to just take, once you get a taste of it, it'll just carry right over to the season. So for many of those young players, you know, that could be a great experience for them. For sure. I mean, I think for Donovan, um, for Kyle Kuzma, Harrison Barnes, as far as, you know, learning some some leadership things. And of course, Kemba Walker already a leader. Uh, there's a lot to get out of this. And the, the general basketball fan who um, picks sides in that Duke Carolina rivalry and is constantly railing on Coach K, I don't think they understand the principles and foundations that he uh, leaves with young people. And, you know, I used to study his book um, back in my coaching days called uh, Leading with the Heart. And an example like the one you just shared, that's what that book is filled with. And it's uh, a tremendous resource for, for business, basketball, and life. Um, quickly on this, how much does this experience help Kemba Walker being that three of his teammates are there in terms of the season ahead? Well, for, for a veteran like Kemba, I, I, I don't think it's going to have much impact on him because they're not going to play that way once they get back to get back to. Sure. I think more so on chemistry as far as, you know, the well, bonds, the trust in that building instead of starting, you know, in, in late September. Well, I, I think that I, I think, you know, one of the, again, I always, always reflect back on my experiences, right? It's easy to, to talk from a, well, I played, so I know, or, but, but I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I believe you should talk from your experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the one year that our best player, Michael Jordan at the time retired, that was the one year that I became an all-star. And the reason I became an all-star was because the twenty-fifth anniversary, by the way. Yeah. Happy, the happy reason... all-star anniversary, buddy. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and the reason I became an all-star is because I, I when he re, when he retired, and, and this is why I respect him so much because he was aware of not only what he was doing, he was aware of what the rest of the players were doing. And I remember when he retired, he said, "BJ, you, I want you to use this opportunity." to explore your game of what you can do because I recognize that what you do for me on a night-to-night -night basis. Now, he had no reason to say that to me, and I don't know if he said it to other players, but the fact that he was aware of the commitment that we made to the team for the betterment of the team, to me, just says so much about him. Why would he care whether my game was expanding or not? He was getting 35 points a night anyway. He was Michael Jordan. Who cares? The fact that he understood that just says everything about his leadership and what he was about. Great point. Great point on him. Great point on, on you know, now, your experience. When he said that to me, I took that going into that year to explore of what I could do in this league individually because you play the hand that you're dealt, right? It could have been easy for me to be a, a young player who was disgruntled. Oh man, why do I have to do this? Why can't I da da da? The coaches let me play my game and all those things. But the encouragement that he encouraged all of us 
And I'm going to assume that he had some conversation with Scottie Pippen because Scottie Pippen perhaps had his greatest individual season that year. And not only did Scottie, Scottie won MVP of that All-Star game. He had an incredible year. Horace Grant made the All-Star game as well. And that, to me, is what this league is all about, is when you're seeing the empowerment of other players empower other players because we had an understanding of what we were all there to do in the first place, which was to win games. Mm-hmm. Now, that to me is what made, you know, the league and that group special is that, man, that, that guy understood. He understood all aspects of the game. And Kimber Walker right now is in a situation to where someone's going to have to do that with that team in Boston. Because as I look at the team as an outsider, and I have no way of knowing this, is that they have two young players who are trying to figure out who they are in this league, Jason Tatum and the kid Brown. They're, they're still trying to figure it out. Are they, are they all-star players? Sure. Are they role players? Are they the first guy, the second guy? Where do they – they're still trying to figure out who they are and what they are in this league. On top of it, they're still both on rookie-scale contracts. So at some point here, the chemistry has to be the following. How can I help you help yourself in this situation so we can all have a win-win situation? Because the only thing that's going to help that team is they got to figure out how to win games. Yep, and, that's and a those two, team. and that's those a two, are, yeah, those two are going to have a huge impact on, them. and and that's why I was asking from the Kemba angle. I think Kemba really getting to know them and and know who they are and create that bond ahead of time. I think that's going to help him raise their level um you know you know what i'm interested eric to see with kimba this is what i'm interested kimba is is an is a terrific player he's a terrific player what will be the criticism when kimba's only averaging 14 points a game you know what i'm gonna say whatever the win column looks like so yeah so if he averages 14 points a game and they don't win what is it going to say if he averages 21 or, or let's say he averages 25 points a game and they don't win, what are they going to say? That to you know, me is yeah, the ability to question I don't really care about the they, but yeah, I get you. Yeah, well, well, I get you. But, but the, the, the criticism of outside forces, you have to – I mean, that's what got the team last year. There were too many things on the outside. True. So True. someone's going to have to manage that. A veteran who has the experience – and the self-confidence to understand that is this this has to be addressed okay, yeah this I, has I, to be addressed i i think you're gonna see a, a kemba walker gordon hayward who's gonna be much more confident in himself and his voice this year um in the middle of all that along with marcus smart so um you know we'll have we'll have plenty of time to set the stage for the revamp celtics which i'm very excited <laughs> the about. revamp uh, the revamp <laughs> The revamp. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, I got to get your thought on is, you know, uh, a friend of yours, former client, Draymond Green, obviously uh, part of the heart and soul of the Warriors, four-year contract extension. 
um, $100 million range on that. Uh, a lot of uh, chatter out there about him, you know, potentially leaving money on the table because next year could have been uh, a, a max, uh, actually a super max situation potentially, but I don't think he was going to be in a super max convo. But um, what was your reaction to Draymond's deal? And um, do you think that was a wise business move for him right now? Yeah, you know, whatever you, when I see things, I, I, I take it for, you know, just like everyone else. I have no idea, um, you know, what everyone has to do what's in their best interest, right? I know, just like everyone else, the options that were available. And in the end, like every, and I always encourage every client, you got to do what's best for you. And only you know that. So, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't know this, but in knowing the, all of the options that he had available, knowing the situation and what's important to them and not knowing and being in that locker room and knowing the situation as close as I once did. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure he did the, what was best for him. And that's all you can ask. You know, you, every day you go out and you do the best you can, you do what's best for yourself. If that was the best thing for him, Hey, so be it. Um, but certainly, you know what, a kid from Saginaw, a kid who was a second round pick, if you ask that kid, you know, on draft day when he was drafted, if he was going to have an opportunity to make that type of money, would you have taken it? The answer was absolutely yes. Okay. For if, sure. you, if you tell a second round pick that someday you're going to have an opportunity, okay, to make that type of money, would you do it? And the answer, I think we all would answer yes. So while, while winning three championships. Yeah. So, I mean, look, in the end, you put everything in. I'm not pretending to know anyone's business or commenting on because I don't know all the ins and outs. But what I do know is that that young man has had a tremendous career where he was drafted, what he's been able to do speaks for itself. What he's accomplished is, is in the history books and he has more good basketball ahead of him. So, you know what? I, I respect that. I respect what he brings, which is hard work to the court. He respects the game. He plays the game with what I call basketball integrity. And yep. um, and and people get rewarded for that. And so him having this opportunity to take care of him and his family, hey, you, you can't complain about that. He's been uh, selected to the all Newman team multiple times. And uh, <laughs> I'll have an updated uh, preseason all Newman team coming up this fall. I know everybody's waiting for it on the edge of their seat. Um, this Warriors team, I, I, I'm loving that people are uh, kind of dismissing them because Clay's going to be out for a while and, of course, will not be himself when he immediately comes back onto the court because he is a human being, even though people think he is uh, a robot. Um, their core guys, Steph, Clay, Draymond to start, uh, they've been playing 105 games per season during this five-year run. That's that's more than an extra full season. Uh, how much of a challenge is this, this going to be for Steve Kerr, and how imperative is it that Lee Cauley-Stein, Kavon Looney, D'Angelo Russell, and some of these guys they drafted, you know how I feel about Eric Paschal, uh, the kid from Villanova, how, how important is it going to be for Kerr to be able to develop and trust these guys while not burning out the core. Well, you know, what the team has done over the last five years, 
certainly you have to marvel at it, you know, um, because I don't think any anyone anticipated that, right? We didn't anticipate Steph Curry to to be the player that he's become, Klay Thompson, Draymond. Um, so they've they have met the expectations and I think surpassed all of our expectations as for what they've been able to come whatever they're able to do in this league and win three championships like you like you alluded to. Now with that, you know, Father Time is undefeated. And this is the first time in the last five years that they're going to come to training camp and not their roles are not going to be defined. And I think the most interesting player to watch this year would be Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Because if Steph Curry is entering into that area that all guards enter into when they get into their 30s, where suddenly, you know, you're not getting stronger or faster at this stage of your career when you, you know, you pass the 30 mark. You're just trying to maintain what you have because speed and quickness is the one thing that is so vital at that position. So I think he, he's got to be careful now because, you know, these kids, De'Aaron Fox and Trey Youngs and uh, these guys are so fast. And that is yeah. the large part of their game. For Steph Curry now, speed and quickness is not a large part of his game, right? He's... He's a he's a veteran now, right? He's when I say a veteran, he is at that age now where he's got to be careful because he's he's got a lot of miles. I mean, that's just it's just what For it sure. is. So, like, so let me so let me throw this at you with the combo of Russell there. Yeah, but it's it's do, different. Do they, no, it's, well, well, it's, it's let, different. Well, well, let me ask you: Do do they a play Curry off the ball a little bit more to? No, um, no, 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 and and the do they? What's that? Here's here's the thing, Eric. Here, here's the thing that Steph Curry and the team what makes that team's great. Clay mm-hmm. Thompson is a very very unique player. In the fact that there aren't many two guards, not only in the league currently, but in the history of the game, that can defend the other team or the opposing team's point guard on a consistent basis. Now, Eric. For sure. In the history of this game, there aren't many two guards who can consistently defend the other team's starting point guards in this league like he does. And he does this consistently throughout the season, the playoffs, and he does it multiple positions, whether it's Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, so forth and so on. Now... You're not going to tell me D'Angelo Russell is going to do that. That's not happening. That's not happening. Let's no, start there. Not, not, not at start, that level. Not at that there. level. But for what they're paying him well, and I, the need, and the need not to burn is, out right? Curry. I'm not going to use that argument. We can use that argument in other places. You are who you are. Fair. We're not going to ask him suddenly to be something that he hasn't been his entire career. Just because he got not paid. a stopper, he's not a stopper. That's not what he does. He does some other really nice things. So let's let's. What does he bring and what does he do? Now, just because that's what Clay does doesn't mean that's what you can do. You know, he has to bring what he brings to the court. So I think this is going to be the first year where you're going to see Steph Curry, in a long time, have to defend the other team's opposing guards, which is going to require more energy, more effort. And he's going to have to play a, a different way. 
this is that this to me is going to be a very unique year because he's going he can't afford to play off the ball. He's they have a different team. D'Angelo Russell isn't the same player as Klay Thompson. They're going to have a different personality. They're going to have a different style. They're going to have a different way they play. So I think Steph Curry is going to be a different player. I don't know how different, but he will be a different player. Um, and yeah. and I think the, the the for the coaching staff, they have to be aware of how many minutes he's playing. Completely agree. I, I would find it fascinating to be a fly on the wall. And yeah, I, I think you, you got to be careful. To really, to really see what changes they're going to make here. Because yeah, they I mean, that, as, they, as they were, without yeah, a doubt. They, yeah, and I so I I. I I'm starting with him because, you know, when you get to be 31, 32 as a guard, things change, right? You know, it, it changes for you, right? Mm. It, it, he, he's a very skilled player. Will he will adjust because of his skill level? Absolutely. But that is the one position it requires you to have speed and quickness because you, 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 those guys are just every year. They're just the John Morant. He may not know how to play yet, but he will have the speed and quickness to play right for now. For sure. For sure. Yep. <laughs> and I no. always and go back to my lesson with Allen Iverson. When I saw him for the first time, and I was about thirty something, and I go, I'll go, oh wow, that's not, that's not a good look, because <laughs> there's nothing you could do. Yeah. Like he didn't know how to play yet, but. He was so fast and Stefan Marbury. And I remember those guys, I was like, oh, wow. Like, and so you, it's not like a big guy where you can push and bump and play angles. Hey, and you're in the open court with a guy that fast, Allen Iverson. What are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? You can't grab the guy. You can't touch I, the guy. I, I, I can't even imagine what was, that was like the first time. Oh, when I first saw him, the first, I, 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 thought, I, I thought maybe whatever I was doing and training in the summer, I was like, I got to completely revamp. I've never seen a guy that fast. Yeah. yeah, I remember when Jason Kidd and all these guys were coming in, they were getting faster and I wasn't moving. <laughs> but I remember at one time I was that guy, you know, I was yep. moving, right? I could never move like them. But I remember as I was so, you know, at some point here, you know, he that's going to come into play. And as you get older, you have to be aware of that and you have to be realistic. So I think that's going to change. I think how they're going to integrate D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I recall he plays screen and roll a lot there in, in Brooklyn, right? I mean, yep. they, a lot. And he's an underrated passer for sure. Yeah, he plays screen. But you know what? Playing under Steve Kerr team, it's, you know, the ball doesn't stick in your hand more than two seconds. I mean, they're no, whipping I, and, ball I, and I like I like Looney and Collie Stein as that just roll guy rim runner for them, and then you've got you know shooters and cutters everywhere else. So they they will be interesting. They will be a lot of fun. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how that team transforms and how it's not all on Steph's shoulders uh, in the upcoming season. So uh, great job today, my friend. Time flies when we're breaking it down. I'm glad we were able to. Uh, to plug in here, not our most traditional show because it's August and all these different things going on during the offseason. But uh, good stuff as always. Special thanks to Bruce Bernstein, Mike Lieber, Benjamin Wolfen, the entire Pure Hoops media team. Don't forget the Mike Wise show drops every Monday. Catch and shoot who's been on a roll lately on Wednesdays and buckets, boards and blocks. 
which has really stepped up to become uh, a terrific show for us here with the one and only Monica McNutt on Thursdays. For BJ Armstrong, this is Eric Newman. Have a great weekend, everybody. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.